Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, I thank you that Jesus made that proclamation, all things are possible to those who believe. I thank you for hearts that are hungry to believe again, not hearts that are hungry to listen to the doubtful things in the world and the the things that are distractions, the things that are disconnections, the things that bring disunity. But Father, I thank you right now for hearts that are hungry for the truth, hearts that are hungry for the way, hearts that are hungry for the life. Give us hungry hearts, Father. Give us hungry hearts for your spirit. Give us hungry hearts for your kingdom. Give us hungry hearts for your righteousness. Holy Spirit, I ask for you to speak to each individual person today that they will receive a now word from our Father God in heaven. Who needs a now word? Start saying thank you for the word that you're going to speak to me today. It is life to me. It is life. They're not just mere words. They are life to me. Have your way, mighty God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Shake hands or bump elbows or fists or high five. I feel like I was a little bit animated this morning. No, I have to be. I have to be. I'm, I'm in, in like incredible pain at the moment, but it's not going to affect my spirit. I am not a body that has a spirit. I am a spirit contained within a body. I keep saying that over and over, and people go, that's the same thing. No, it's not. I was talking to Callum um, in the toilets a couple of weeks ago when they announced their, as we do, as they, <laughs> as they announced their, um, their pregnancy. Thank you, Father, for a beautiful, healthy baby. Oh, and we made, I made that comment, and we started talking about when does the spirit actually enter the body? And, you know, when does the Spirit actually enter the body? It's at the point that the egg receives the seed. And, and scientifically, we can um, record that there is a flash of light when that takes place. That's the birth of a star. It's the same power when God said, let there be light. So you say, when we're singing... All the miracles I've seen, I haven't seen any miracles. What's going on? Why isn't God doing miracles? Look around the room. There is a miracle sitting next to you, or if you buy yourself a few seats away. You know, like um, every, every one of us is a miracle, a profound miracle. Just letting that seek in because some of, some of us go, no, I'm not. Don't. Who told you that? Who told you that? that you're not good enough? Who told you that you're not a miracle? Your father didn't tell you that. I can tell you who told you that, the father of lies, because his only language is lies, whereas our father's language is truth. It's truth. It's not just, you know, a hint of truth. It is the truth. There's a lot of things in life that have a touch of truth to them, but they're not the truth. They're not the truth. There's a lot of um, aspects to our lives that we look at and we go, we acknowledge the aspect of true in it, but it might be a fact. might be a fact, but it's not the truth. This morning, well, last night, because I just, yeah, thank you, Father God, for giving me the way to say this right, because when I started praying this morning, I had to vent and get all, all that stuff out before you guys turned up. Um, 
won't be. No, no, Stephen, don't do it. Honor those that are in authority. Pray for those that are in authority. So this morning, we have a new government. We have a new government. We have a new government. But we're still under the same kingdom. We're still under the same kingdom. And this government must submit to the kingdom. Otherwise, things happen. Things happen. So, um, Father God, we thank you right now for the for Albanese I've I've miss I've taken his name in vain so many times I keep forgetting how to say his name properly Albanese thank you father for Albanese our new prime minister we honor him right now father because he's in a position of authority And Father, we just thank you right now for wisdom for this man and for his cabinet. Father, we we ask that your Holy Spirit would just move through through the corridors of Parliament federally, through the corridors of Parliament um, state-wise. Father, that there would be a wind of your Spirit blow through there. Father, we ask for dreams and visions. We ask, Father, that you would correct and you would train and you would bring into righteousness um, this government. Father, we speak well of this government because that's what your word says. Jesus said, do good to those who, oh no, sorry, bless those who curse you and do good to those who spitefully use you. Father, we choose to do good and we choose to pray for and bless. So Father, we speak blessing over the new government right now that they would walk in your ways, not in the ways of man, not in the ways of parliament, not in the ways of politics, but they would govern well in Jesus' name. And we all say, make it so, make it so. Okay, last week we started a series. Didn't know it was a series until I got to the end of my notes. No, I didn't. I got like 5% of my notes done and I went, this just turned into a series. Because honestly, we've just been through a number of years where everything has been shaken. Every single part of society, of life, has been shaken. They're now saying that two out of three people in Australia are suffering um, mental health issues due to COVID. Not due to a virus, due to the atmosphere that we have created with our fear-mongering, with our proclamations, with our divisionary statements. Got to get that right. Um, we need to speak well and don't drift because when we speak well, it keeps us on the path. We've, we've got some signs out that we've made up. Thank you, Chelsea. In the So yesterday, thank you to the team that came out and did the repotting of the trees for the car park. Do you know what? I'm loving the car park. I'm walking out there. I'm going, this is a blank canvas. We're about to do something fantastic with. So after we repotted the plants, the trees, um, then we went and voted, and then we went to Bunnings and bought all the timber so that we could make that, and I went home and did it all, and my back is so sore. Can you just pray for me right now? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, yeah. So, thank you, amen, I agree with you. And I'm on my saw, I've got this beautiful DeWalt saw, praise God for DeWalt, it's the only, I'm a Christian, aren't I? DeWalt, come on. 
I've got no idea. So on my saw, I've got this beautiful saw bench that has slide-out arms on either side and with these little flip-up blocks. So I can measure my timber out and I can slide it along to where the mark is and I can have it so I can just... Because I had to cut up like 48 um, sticks, pieces of timber. So I measured up the first one, got it all set so that I could then zing through... Uh, put that one aside. Always, guys, always put the first one aside. That is now your rule. That is now your benchmark that everything else goes off. Run the next one through, hoping that I don't mess it up. Praying, Lord, because my back was sore and I'm, I'm clouded, my judgment. Zing, did that one, checked it against the net. Oh, that's really good. And zing, zing. But after every four, I would then measure where I'm at. Go back to the rule. Don't just judge by the comparison of what is going through, but keep going back to the rule. Keep going back to what has been the mark and the measure that we govern what we're going to do by. Now, I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down here because we need to keep going back to the Word of God. It is the rule. It is the rod. You know, when, when Scripture says, Sp um, spare the rod and spoil the child, and, we, and people think, yeah, I've got to beat my kids. No, it's not the rod. It's the rod of protection. It's the rod of measurement. It's the rod of, of guidance. It's, it's not just the rod of discipline. It is, they're so, have I ever said before the Word of God's deep? The Word of God is deep. Nowhere near what I want to say in my, word, in my message so far, but this is just the Holy Spirit speaking this morning. Ooh, thank you, Father. So, we made the statement last week. Well, I made the statement. Kylie and I have been really studying um, what the early church was like because we think that there's been a lot of stuff added to church that what would Jesus undo if he came in today? What would he undo in how we, how we do, not be, but how we do church? So I, we've been studying that and, and really looking at it. So last week we made the statement that we're going to transform how we do life groups, how we do life with one another. And so it's all on the signs out there and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But part of that is having meals together because that's what the early church did. In Acts 2.46, at the end of that, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Ooh, they met in the temple. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you meeting with God on a daily basis? Are you connecting with the Father and not just going, Oh, God, please give me what I need today. No, 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 no. Are you meeting with Him? Do you know Him? This is a challenge this morning. It's a challenge this morning. I, the Holy, I, I was going through my notes and then this morning I woke up at four o'clock and the Holy Spirit said, correct. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be the nice guy, Holy Spirit. I want to be the guy that encourages because it says correct, rebuke and encourage people in how their lives are wrong. Not right, how they're wrong, the Word of God says. And I'm like, oh, why'd you have to bring that up? So we need to see what Jesus would undo. We need to realign things a little bit in how we do church. This is actually now a happy, scared position because it, there's freedom to um, just meet with people and, and 
do meals together. And this week I've met with people and connected. And primarily our conversation has been about encouragement and, and what God is doing. And God is doing stuff. And it all has to do with how we speak. Now, the testimony of Jesus, the proclamation of Jesus, the witness of what Jesus is doing is the spirit of prophecy. And so um, somebody was telling me a few days ago um, how this, this person hates hot weather with a passion. He says, I can't wait to move to Tasmania because it's nice and cold down there. And um, then he... As we were leaving, I was leaving his house, he, I, I said to him, isn't this a beautiful night? Because it was cold. And he goes, yeah, but I love the hot weather. And I went, what the hey diddle do? So Luke Holcroft, Crofty, Jonesy, <laughs> tell us. Well, thanks, Steve. <laughs> so I, I hate, hated hot weather. With a passion. Absolutely loathed it. Used to live in Townsville, so <laughs> slowly getting better. I, anyone who knows me, knows that I just whinged. Absolutely hated it. And I guess about, when did Trevor and Tim leave? Four years. So about four years ago, uh, this... Sorry, I'll hold it closer. About four years ago, I was talking to this friend. Actually, no, I'll skip that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, he didn't give me warning about this. <laughs> I was talking to this friend of mine, so Tina. She's She was our old pastor. And I said to her... Uh, she said something about the, how you hate hot weather. And I said, actually, I got a bit of a testimony because I was moaning and griping about hot weather. And, and, you know, this is such a small thing, you know, hot weather, cold weather. To me, I wanted to leave this town because I hate it. I hate the hot weather. And um, one day I was sitting out in, in the garden and... Uh, yeah, it's 45 degrees, and uh, I love my garden. I, sit out, I was sitting out there, and I said, ah, oh, this is nice. And then I said, who the hell? <laughs> and I, it dawned on me, I thought, what's going on? And then I cast my mind back, and I thought, hang on. Something's happened in my body. Like, this is... He said, can't be God. Something's happened in my body. This is a middle, a mid-age thing or uh, not old age. Somehow I've started, yeah, menopause, yeah. <laughs> Somehow I've started enjoying hot weather. I'm trying to think back, you know, when did this happen? When did this happen? And then it dawned on me that Tina had said to me just in passing a few years before, she said, uh, there was this terrible thing going on and I don't even know what it was. And she said, I started thanking God for it. And it made no sense. She said, I started thanking God for it and just saying, you know, God, thank you for this part of it and that part of it. I am lying, but thank you. And, uh, hey, we're allowed to be real with God. He kind of knows what's going on in our head. 
And, uh, and so anyway, I, I heard that. And then I was sitting out there griping one day about the hot weather, I'm sweating, I've got mushrooms growing. And, and, uh, and then I remembered that and I said, no, God, thank you for the hot weather. You know I hate it, but thank you. And so I started listing the things. I said, thank you that my chilies grow in hot weather. They love it. I thank you that the grass grows in hot weather, even though I've got to mow it. I thank you for, and I started listing the good things and just saying thank you. And just listing off the good things, and I started doing that methodically. Just, I'd go out there and go, oh, thank you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you. And listing off the good stuff, and I did that for a while, and then with most new revelations, we just kind of get distracted by something shiny and forget about it. And I just kind of did it for a while and whatever. And then it was a few years later that I'm sitting there and Tina said something about, you know, you hating the hot weather. And I went, no, I've got a testimony. And this is a miracle. And, and you know, we're talking some, about something that's a major thing for me. I wanted to leave town just because I'm such a wuss. <laughs> and, uh, and God absolutely radically changed something that was deep inside me by being thankful. And even being thankful to the point of kind of lying to myself. Because I started saying, no, I don't care what my body's saying. I don't care what this sweat's saying and all that. God, I am thankful for this thing. And so when there's something that's not necessarily a good thing that's happening to you, thank God. You know, Steve last or the week before was he said, I thank God for my back injury. And then later on, he kind of adjusted it and said, I don't really thank God for the back injury because that really chewed. But I thank God for what he does through these things. You find the good stuff. And you've got you to gotta wonder, would Steve be the person that he is now without having experienced the, you know, the, the bad part of that? That'll do. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> So just being obedient to speaking well and listening to the Spirit. There's a story that I know of that I, I, wanna, I want Melinda to share. Um, in Africa, they, um, yeah, a woman came up to her like full-blown AIDS with all the, not just she has AIDS and had to tell her, you could see she had AIDS because of all the evidence in her that was manifesting in her body and on her body. Um, Hello everyone, can you hear me? <laughs> so myself and Paul were very privileged to be in Zimbabwe at the right time, the right place where God was present. So for me and Paul, we were in the marketplace just um, ministering there and we both were so hungry to see God move. We wanted to see change in people's lives and we wanted to see healing in people's bodies and Every morning we would pray before we even started our day and just ask God, like, God, what do you want to do today? What do you want to use us for today? And as we were about doing just normal shopping at the marketplace, it's crazy, lots of people around. Um, this um, one person was prayed for by Paul, and she got healed and then yelled out, and a whole bunch of other people started running closer, and everyone wanted prayer. So at that stage, I was also challenged because I thought, well, um, I believe that these people can be healed, so I'm just going to be 
I'm just going to be a vessel today. So I just started praying, and this one lady in particular came to me, and her whole mouth was full of sores, and you could see all the evidence of it anyway. And um, I didn't even think twice. I just prayed and prayed for the next person and prayed for the other person, and this lady went away. And then as we were praying, later on I felt this woman like pull my shirt. And I looked at her, and I didn't even know who she was. And she said, I just want to tell you, it's gone, it's gone. And I said, what is gone? And, and I realized that that was the lady I prayed for before. She looked different. She had no sores on her face, no sores in her mouth. She was completely healed of AIDS. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, this is what happens when we do life together, when we connect with one another and we talk not about the political arena, not about what the weather's doing, not about, you know, how much money we do or don't have or what's gone wrong that week, but we start talking about the things of God. We start doing... Now, Angela, um, if you haven't met Angela Potts and David, <laughs> um, we, um, when Steve was here one couple of years ago, would have been a couple of years ago, um, she came up and gave, she was, is it all right if I give you a prophetic word? And she started speaking out this really bizarre prophetic word over us, she thought. And I'm like, Kylie, listen, you know, like, and she's going, oh, this mightn't make sense, but this is what I'm seeing. And I'm just like, You've, you don't know what you're saying at the moment. But she was speaking into that situation. And then I, I thanked her this morning and, and, I said, you need to prophesy, you need to release that. People need to hear um, your prophetic gift. And some of us have gifts in our life that others need to hear. And so she said, I actually had a word for the church last week. And I went, well, why'd you keep it to yourself? Oh, um, I kept it to myself because <laughs> I, I take them very seriously and I like to... I like to spend time in God's presence and talking to him about them and um, making sure that I'm hearing the right thing. The last week when Pastor Stephen was proclaiming um, all these, like the wondrous thing that, things that God has done in this place, um, I saw the proclamations being written in gold across every single wall in this building. And the Holy Spirit was just showing me that these are things that were that have been spoken in this place and over this place and over your lives in the past, in the present, and also in the future. And they were pure. It wasn't just like someone got paint and just painted these proclamations. They were gold. I could see the flakes of gold. And as the light hit them, it was like flickering. And so I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, those proclamations are in the walls they're written on the walls and that will continue in the new building so see we okay that's good isn't it who is encouraged by that so this isn't like a new thing that we're trying to do. We're actually trying to get back to what God wants us to be. 
Um, and that is actually intimate with one another, not just attending church, but actually being the church, assembling, which is a body assembling as a church. So the last couple of years, um, yeah, every day they continued to meet together in, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word saved there is sozo. It's a profound, deep word. It means to deliver. He was adding to daily to those who were being delivered, to those that were being protected, to those who were being healed, preserved, um, those who were doing well and those that were being made whole. This is what saved means. We, this isn't just a new pro, um, you know, proposal to how we can get you busy. This is as we go, because Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, this is in John 20, um, he appears to them. They're in the, they've just gone and seen that the tomb is empty, the disciples. And, and as they go, they run away and Mary's there and she meets him in the garden because she hung around and they ran off in fear going, what's going on? We don't understand it because they were boys and the girls got it straight away. But the boys, oh no, what's going on? Don't understand it. And so they ran away and they are hiding in a room eating together and Jesus appears there, shows them his scars and he lifts up and shows, sorry about that, and shows them, just realized what I was doing. I am a demonstrative person. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But I believe wholeheartedly in the Word of God. And I want, when I find a correction in the Word of God, I want to grab hold of it and suck the marrow out of that to get the life juice of what it means. And um, it actually, the, one of the words for praise, because we are to praise, and there's, He's enthroned in our praise. We're meant to praise. And one of those aspects of praise is to be clamorously foolish. So I'm telling you, you might think I'm trying to hype people up. No, I'm not. I am following what the Word of God says in praise by being clamorously foolish. Why? To draw attention to myself? No. I, that's the last thing I want to do. But I want to be obedient to what the Word of God says. This isn't because I'm a sanguine or anything like that or I'm, I'm an extrovert. My family knows that I'm more introversial now than I have ever been in my whole life. But... Being clamorously foolish then gives you release and authority to just be something that you've never been before. That's what happens when we come together and we talk amongst ourselves about the goodness of God. So Jesus says, shows them the signs and says, peace be with you. As the Father, I read this last week, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And at that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We've had um, spirits flying around. We've had atmospheres flying around for the last couple of years where people are shaken to their core. Their soul is disturbed. They don't know how they're going to make it. They don't know what's coming next. But we do. We do. 
It has affected our homes, our families, our communities, the way that we did all those things. We couldn't even meet with some of our family members. We couldn't come together as a church. Our gatherings were affected. Some of our finances were affected. I've talked to people, some of their finances went sky high. Other people went, I've lost my job. So there were variances in between. It has affected us. It has affected our worship and it has affected many people's faith. And you might say, hasn't affected my faith. Well, if your faith hasn't grown through this time, then it's affected your faith. If your faith is shrunk, shrunk back, then it's affected your faith. The most enormous effect that it's had is on our conversation. I got caught up in it as well, that when you met somebody, you just start talking about the Khaleesi virus. You just start talking about this and that and the vaccinations and what was going on, the limitations and all that. And I realized I've got to stop this. This is not glorifying God at all. I need to glorify God. with. I'm meant to be prophesying and speaking um, words of life. And I know that our conversation changed because sometimes I heard it and sometimes I copped it. <laughs> copped opinions, copped, you know, facts, not the truth. We need to speak the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. As Frank told me recently, and I bought it out quickly next, last week, next week. It's all the same, same God yesterday, today and forever. There is hierarchy in the kingdom of God. And we look at it and we think, oh, yeah, somebody's, you know, we read Ephesians 4.12 and we go, he's given some grace to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And then we compare, well, I don't have that. No, we're not meant to do that. We're meant to ask God, who am I? How have you made me? What gifting do I have? You may have one of those fivefold ministries or you may have one of the ascension ministries. You do have gifts because it says that he ascended and gave gifts to mankind. So you do have a gift. You do have a calling. But this is what the Holy Spirit said to me this morning. That which is our dominant meditation and conversation that which is our dominant meditation and conversation is our God. I didn't come up with it. I probably got burnt a little bit with it and scorched with it a bit, but I needed to. That which is our dominant meditation and conversation is our God. Speak well, don't drift. So as we've been leading in, leaning into the Spirit as to what He wants, we want to keep step with the Spirit because that's what following the Spirit is about. What's the next step? And the Holy Spirit is reinforcing how vital it is for us to learn again how to have godly Jesus fellowship connection and conversation. That's what our new perspective, our transformed life Groups are about. I'm choosing my words carefully here, but I'm probably getting it right, wrong. Right, wrong. See? But on boom. We're out of time, but I am. So. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Thank you guys for sharing. Luke, Melinda, Angela, thank you for sharing that this morning. I, I just felt to do that. 
I gave some warning. I gave others nothing. Well, I, I did. As I was walking around, I, I just shook Luke's hand as everyone's singing. And I said, I'm going to get you this morning. He's like, because you wouldn't believe how many times he gets me. No, we won't go off track here. I believe what he says. And then he goes, no, Stephen, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. I am finishing with that because we, there's so much more that I can bring. So, four, oh, how to be practical. <laughs> Let's do that. Who's on the desk, Regan? Is it still you? Yeah, can you just throw those up? on? These are the posters that are out in the, um, in the foyer. But you might say, because some people said, oh, we're not doing life groups. How am I going to meet with my friends? How am I going to see people? How am I going to get around? Because we've heard some murmurings and some whining, some whinging. We all do it. Hey, we all do it. But we're not meant to grumble because grumbling is accusations against God and saying, where are you in this? I'm not going to grumble about things. I want to, but I'm not going to. And if I've, and my wife, I've given her authority. If she sees something in me that isn't reflecting Jesus, she has permission to adjust it. Don't like it. Don't like it. But after I have a hissy fit, I go, she's right. The Holy Spirit is speaking through it. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to adjust and tune in again. I've got to go back to that measure and grab hold of what God's saying. Well, how He's speaking to me. But I've met with some people during the week and um, over a meal or over a coffee, and you can easily do any one of these. But it's not we're going to set up a formal meeting for you to come to because they're not about doing discipleship meetings. It's doing discipleship eatings. It's now discipleship eatings, not discipleship meetings. And next week you'll get the rest of that. But watching the chosen, oh, sweet, fancy Moses. How did he get that so fast? So there's a bunch of people in the church that have watched The Chosen. Anyone? Anyone? There's a few of us. Get onto The Chosen. Persist with the first couple of episodes because I watched the first one and go, this is stupid, crazy Christians trying to do a good production. Because I'm, I'm a bit judgmental. There is now no judgmental in those that are in Christ Jesus. We're not meant to. So then I had some good friends go, no, 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 no. Keep pressing on through. You'll get it. Now I'm like, this is the Jesus that's in my mind. This is how he was represented on earth. This is, this is so beautiful. But I noticed every time they would break bread or they'd have a meal or they would drink something, they would make a statement of thanksgiving that we would call grace. But it's not just grace. It's actually thanksgiving to God. And if you, if, you do, if you pray for a meal or pray when you, you can do it. I, I was in Nash the other day and I just grabbed this guy's hand that I was meeting with and I made this statement. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the earth. Thank you. Now, this is actually a really, really old Hebrew prayer. They do it all the time. It has now gone through even into the Orthodox Jewish 
um, religion, they pray this. Now, but if you do this out of religion, there's, there's nothing in it. You might as well read a, a mathematical formula before you eat. No, this has to be done from relationship. This has to be done from revelation. This has to be done from a now today Word of God. Father, by your Spirit, may we grab hold of what you are, the Spirit is saying to the church today. Forgive us when we've, done it, we've got it wrong. Father, I thank you for giving us hearts of flesh, new hearts, new eyes, new ears, eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. Father, your kingdom and your righteousness. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the earth. Thank you. When we meet together or you're having people over, you can adjust it if you want. This isn't a form. It's a formula. But actually acknowledging it, sat down with some people on Friday night and I just said, thank you, you know, bless you, Lord God, King of the universe, for the fruit of the grain, for the fruit of the vine, for the fruit of the earth, for the fruit of the trees, for the fruit of the earth that I'm experiencing in my brothers and sisters. It's not just who brings forth plant matter or meat matter. This is actually the fruit. We, what are we made of? Some of you are like unsure, oh, flesh and stuff, aren't we? I don't understand. Neil deGrasse Tyson says we're stardust. Um, no, we are formed from the earth. Blessed are you, Lord God, our God, King of the universe, for bringing forth fruit from the earth, creating fruit in the earth. It's time for us to produce fruit. Many of Jesus' parables were about producing fruit, and we can do it so simply. Grabbing a coffee, having breakfast with somebody. You know what? And you might say, oh, but I don't have a, you know, my house is too messy. I'd have to clean up my house. No, 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 no. You can go somewhere and meet with someone. Jesus had meals on the side of mountains. He had meals on the side of the, the, the lake. He had meals with them um, when he, in, in rooms. He had them on, in the wilderness. He provided in the wilderness. He had meals even when he didn't eat because when he went into Samaria and the disciples went off into town to get food to eat, he sat and got water from a woman at the well. And then he spoke to her and pro prophesied into her life. And she was blown away. And he said, you, you draw water from, the, from Jacob's well, from this well. Or was it Abraham's well? Could be getting it wrong. But either way, it's in that line. It was from one of the forefathers. Dug this well. It was still there to that day. He said, this water will make you thirsty again. But I've got water where you never thirst again. She says, well, you know. Can I have this water so I don't have to keep getting water from the well? No, the words of God are way deeper than just the natural manifestation of things. Like Luke didn't realize when he started saying thank you that it wasn't just about a natural manifestation. It was about a, a spiritual transformation in his life. 
The disciples come back as the woman goes off and goes running into her town. And this is a woman of ill repute now. And she's saying, I have met a prophet that has told me everything about my life. Um, And the disciples come back and they're shocked that he's talking to a woman, but not just a woman, a Samaritan woman. She'd gone there because she didn't want to meet everyone else. It was in the middle of the day. She didn't want to be around the other people because they all condemned her and judged her. Jesus sat. Jesus didn't care about that. He dealt with sin. He dealt with guilt. He dealt with shame. He dealt with doubt. When we get together, we are to encourage one another. We are to bless one another. We are to build up one another's believing, not one another's doubting. We're not to focus on the doubts and the unsure things in life. We're meant to bring it back to the measure, the rule, the standard of love, which is the kingdom of God. That's why the Word of God says, don't, you know, offer hospitality without grumbling. So you might say, I don't have a clean house. Doesn't matter. Wait until springtime, do a spring clean. But meet with people. Do it daily, regularly. Meet with people. Get around people that are in the house that are going to encourage you. And then as you get encouraged and built up and mutually strong, build up your spiritual muscles, things will change. You might say, but I don't even have a house. How can I invite people around? Jesus said when they asked him, where where are you living at the moment? He says, foxes have their holes, birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to put his head down. He was just out doing it. So the disciples come back. I'm all over the shop. You run with me. Disciples come back. They're shocked that he's talking to a Samaritan woman. And then they say, here, have have something to eat. And he goes, I've already eaten. I've already eaten. And they went, where did you get the food from? He says, my food is to do the will of my father. The will of him who has sent me. The word sent there. Oh, I haven't written it down, I think. No, I haven't. The word sent is a profound one. It actually means about, yeah, being sent, but it means being free. But there is, there is no freedom without responsibility. There is actually no freedom without having boundaries and measures and rules in our life. People think that, oh yeah, I want freedom because then I can do whatever I want. No, there has to be restraint in freedom. There always have, Paul said, I, I am free to do anything I want, but I will be mastered by nothing. Grab hold of that. Some are, like what we were singing before, I've seen addicts finally free. You know, like, don't tell me he can't do it. I've seen mental health go. I can't remember the words. I'm terrible at that. I know them when I'm singing them. Well, I think I do. Others around me go, no, you don't. But I sing it passionately. Find out who you can meet with this week. Connect with somebody. But begin it with blessed are you, Lord, Lord of creation, our God. King of the universe who brings forth fruit from the earth, who creates fruit from the earth. You carry an aspect of Jesus that you need to shine. Jesus said, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under something. Let your light shine that you might be able to, you know, bring people into light and not them stay in darkness. Oh man, I went nowhere near my notes this morning. Did that make sense? Then amen. Amen, amen.
Father God, I thank you for the now words that you've just sparked in each one of our lives. Holy Spirit. Actually, guys, just start thanking the Holy Spirit for speaking to you. He doesn't just have to speak to somebody else to tell you. He can give you exactly what you require. He is the counselor. He is the comforter. He's the nurturer. He's the friend. It, Jesus said, it is better. See, it's better that Jesus leaves so that he can send the Spirit. Some of us go, oh, if only I had Jesus here with me. And Jesus says, no, it's better that I go so that you can have the Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. I repeat those words from Jesus. Receive the Spirit. <sighs> Receive that breath, that freedom, that authority, that victory of the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, that you're not letting anything slip through your fingers. And as we embark on the original plan, right at the moment, Father, I thank you for blessing over each one of my brothers and sisters' eatings as they disciple one another, because we're all called to go in our going, make disciples, be disciples, mutually encourage one another in the discipline and going back to the measure. Father, I thank you for blessing and favour, your Spirit speaking with anointing. Oh, I can feel the presence of God here right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, have your way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in each one of our lives. Who agrees with that? Then let's say, Amen. 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 So coming up, Callum, I apologise that you didn't get to speak to the creative team about this before we announced this. But the worship nights are for us. So you can have, you don't have to limit it to just one night a week where you, where you connect with people. Do it anytime. And if you meet someone up the street, encourage them. Build them up. Pray with them. You can, like, you don't have to bow your head and have your hands like this. But there's something profound I'll share with you about that at a later date um, that I got a revelation from someone. But you can pray in Nash Lane with your eyes open, looking at the person in front of you. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't even have to religiously shut your eyes. Some of us do that. Why? Oh, because that's what everyone else does. No. No. Ah. <laughs> that's enough. Have you got anything to say? Sorry, the worship nights. We're going to be doing them every second week. I knew I was making sense out of something. So we're going to be doing them every second week. Every Thursday. Second Thursday. Any advancement on any second Thursday? Every second Thursday? Now don't think it's going to be like, oh, we're just going to be singing songs. No, we're going to be worshipping God. That actually means we're going to be who God has called us to be and so that we can flow in glorifying God together. This is exciting, guys. I, I am so excited. I've never been more excited about discipleship in my life than I am right in this season because when I, and I've been sharing this with Steve McCracken, he's going, that's it. That's it. It's not about a program. It's not about meetings. It's not about, because what happens if somebody misses them? Oh, well, then you've, you're ruined for the rest of your life. no. Oh, can I have the notes? Can I get it on podcast? No, 
just meeting with one another, encouraging. I met Frank while he was out here and we started mutually encouraging one another in things. He didn't realise that that's what he was doing. When you meet with people, just encourage. Don't talk about the obvious, about what you do have. Talk about what God has for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're done. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.